say amen. Can the church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? There is a fountain filled with blood. It's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. They lose all their guilty stains. So we thank God for his blessings today. Thank God for all you who are here. Thank God for Sister Lewis leading us in devotion today. For the choir and, and Brother Eric and Brother David and the ushers on the floor and all you who are here today. We give God all the glory and the honor and the praise. We thank God for your presence today. Amen. Amen. We continue on our theme, the Christian experience. And we invite your attention to the word of God, to Isaiah chapter 40, and verse 1. When you find it, say amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Isaiah 40 and verse 1 through 5, we read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her, that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and our flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For our New Testament passage of Scripture, we'll look again at the Gospel of St. John. John's Gospel, chapter 11. We'll begin reading at verse 11. John's Gospel, chapter 11. We'll begin reading at verse 11 through 17. I also want to thank Brother Eric for helping me with this vision today. Uh, he, he made a flyer and a poster. and I just want to thank him for, for that. It's beautiful. looks great. Yeah. looks great. And we thank him for, for helping me with that. When you find John 11, say amen. amen. John 11 and verse 11, we read, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I go that I may wake him up. And he said, then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe Nevertheless, let us go to him. Mm-hmm. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. This morning, I want to share with us from the subject, the Christian experience. We are going all the way with Jesus. The Christian experience. We are going all the way with Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we bless your holy name. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. For your mercy abounds toward us, O Lord. And we give your name all the glory and the honor. As old songwriter said, Lord, in times like these, we need an anchor. In times like these, we need a savior. We need to be very sure that our anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. 
And today we want to be very sure that our anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. Lord, we give you the praise today because we know without you we can't make it at all, Lord. But So we're going to lean on you, Lord. We're leaning on the Lord. We give your name the praise today. Bless your people today as we share your eternal word. Anoint us and bless us to share your word that your people might hear and be blessed today. We will thank you and praise you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Christian experience, we are going all the way with Jesus. As we think about this lesson and this message and this subject and these theme, each time we share from this theme, I hope it causes us to reflect on our daily lives, how we see ourselves and how we treat one another and how we live our lives before God. Our theme is the Christian experience. And today we're talking about we're going all the way with Jesus. Because the most important word in this theme is the word Christian because it means that we want to live Christ-like every day of our lives. Not just on Sunday morning or at 11 a.m. when we show up at Shadydale or wherever we go to church, but every day of our lives. Living because we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and our personal Savior. We're not living because, you know, Grandmama made us go to church this morning. But we're living because we know Christ for ourselves. We know him in our hearts and he lives within us. This old songwriter say, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always there. Because he lives, he lives, he's in the world today. I know he lives within my heart. I want you to know Jesus Christ for yourselves. And I want to know that not only is he living within our heart, but he, we need to know that he has a plan for our lives. In our Old Testament passage of Scripture, this is a vision of the description of God's plan for the life of every believer. Every person, every man, woman, boy, and girl can see that God does have a plan for our lives. And we don't have to be afraid. We can face life knowing that God knows where we are and what, what goes on in, in, in life today. In Isaiah 40, in verse 1, it says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, God's plan is that your sins be forgiven. He did not want you to live here and die here in your sins. Because in another place, he says, if you die in your sins, where I am, you cannot come. But he wants you to know today that you don't have to be afraid of sin because I died for your sins. And you can be forgiven of those sins and receive everlasting life. He goes on to say the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. See, no matter where you are on this journey in life, you can start living for Jesus today. You don't have to wait till all the conditions are just right. See, in the desert, things aren't just right. The desert is hot and dry and there's no, no shade anywhere. But you know, every once in a while it rains in the desert. And there are flowers that bloom up, and they look beautiful, and then they die because of the heat. But I want you to know that you don't have to wait for the ideal moment. You can start right now living for Christ. And so many people used to tell me, well, Darius, I'm going to wait till I get older. I'll wait till you know, I get that special job or meet that special person or when everything is just right. No, I want you to start living for Jesus Christ today. So you can know that you're living for God and you have made peace with him. That's what we want to have, peace with God. It says every valley shall be exalted. 
Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. This lets us know that everything's not going to be easy in this journey. There are going to be some valleys. There are going to be some mountains. There are going to be some rough places. There are going to be difficult times in life. But you need to know that God will be with you in all those moments. Just because you're going through difficult times don't mean that God has left you. He said what? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the very end. So we need to trust that God is going to be with us even in those difficult times. As my former pastor used to say in Indianapolis, just like everything goes better with Coca-Cola, everything goes better with Jesus Christ. Your troubles go better with Christ. Your victories go better with Christ. High school, college, your job, your marriage, everything goes better with Jesus Christ. You need to have him in your life, no matter what you may be facing. Then lastly, it says the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, whatever you're going through in life, it's not just about you. It's not just about what you're facing by yourself. God is in the midst of your life. He's working things out for you even when you don't see it going going well. Just know that God's going to get the glory out of your life. He's going to get the glory out of your circumstances. He's going to get the glory out of your story because he wants to, to hear you testify of his goodness. As we often hear it said, you can't have a testimony unless you have a test. And when you get through that test, you know, give God the glory. Thank him for how he brought you out. How he brought you through. How he made a way, a way out of no way. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Our New Testament passage of scripture is the gospel of St. John. John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. He was born. Yes, he was born. But he also was the son of God here on earth to show us how we can live to please him on this life. And we need to understand that when we believe in him, we have everlasting life. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a very important passage of scripture. Because when you believe that, it doesn't matter what other people may say. You will hear all kinds of doctrines and all kinds of things that other people may believe. But you need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, for yourself. So that you can have everlasting life. No matter what other people may say. The gospel is what we need to believe in. And this gospel will give us eternal life. And now we're in chapter 11, a very familiar story. The story of Lazarus, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And this passage is so telling because it shows the very power of God. And we know, as we read earlier, you know, in this, in this passage, you know, that, that Jesus had just been threatened to be stoned in Jerusalem. And yet now he's on his way back. And we find that sometimes in life we have to face difficult circumstances. Storms that we just can't avoid. And I'm here to tell you today, you can't avoid all the trouble of life. Some things you're just going to have to walk on and face. Our subject today is we are going all the way with Jesus. And we find that Jesus was on his way back and the disciples were on their way back with him. What I love about Jesus' disciples is that wherever he went, people followed him. There were very few times that Jesus was by himself in his ministry. You know, he had to steal away and sneak off to get by himself to spend time with God. But the people that he called, they followed him all the way. 
And of course, you know, at the end, Judas, he denied him and he, he betrayed him. Mm-hmm. But yet, even in his betrayal, he came up and kissed him. He was still there with him in the, in the garden. His disciples followed him all the way. That was they had that same kind of commitment to follow Jesus all the way. We may not know where Jesus is going and what we're going to be facing, but we need to make a commitment to follow him all the way. And we find in this passage that his disciples were going to follow him all the way. Look at John chapter 11 and verse 11. There are three things today that I want us to believe as we follow Jesus all the way. The first thing is we're going by faith. We are going by faith. Look at John 11 and verse 11. It says, these things he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. See, we are going by faith. We find that these disciples, they had seen him do some things that were amazing, things that were beyond belief. And we find that that Jesus had healed so many people and the disciples were like, well, you know, if he's if he is asleep, he's going to be all right. They were displaying that they had faith in Jesus. They had faith in what he was doing and what he had already done. So they believed that wherever he was going, that it was going to be all right. And in our lives, in our journey, we need to believe that it's going to be all right. We may not know what's going on or how it's going to come out, but we need to believe and have faith and go by faith that things are going to work out fine. So Jesus said these things, all these things he had said to them about, you know, walking in the light. Let me say it last time. He said this to encourage his believers, his his disciples, his followers. So he says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, Mm -hmm. but I go that I may wake him up. So Jesus gives us something to believe in. Something to have faith in. Uh-huh. He is who we have our faith and trust in. Yes. When you believe in Jesus, you got something to believe in. Yes. There's so many people who don't know what to believe in today. Oh you know, and, and, and if we think about our society, you know, we see so many parents and so many children who don't have parents and don't know who their parents are, don't, don't even know who to look up to. But we know we can look up to Jesus. Yes. We can have faith in him. We can trust in him and know that wherever he goes, we can follow him. We can look up to him and have confidence in him. And so the disciples said, after he said, you know, I'm going to wake up Lazarus. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. In other words, they had every confidence in the world that Lazarus was going to be all right. That's the kind of faith that you and I need to show. To believe that whatever God says is going to work out. Whatever he does is going to work. Whatever he says is going to come to pass. We to go by faith. Look at Second Corinthians chapter five. You see that we as believers, we walk by faith. Very familiar passage of scripture. Second Corinthians chapter five, and we're going to read, begin reading at verse five. Second Corinthians five and verse five says, "Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee." So we are always confident, mm-hmm. knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the Lord, from the body, and to be present with the Lord. So we as believers, we need to have confidence in God. 
We need to trust in God and rely on his promises and whatever he has said to us. Because we know that whatever God has said, it's going to work. It's going to come to pass. We are believers. We are going all the way with Jesus and we're going by faith. The second thing in this passage, we are going in spite of the facts. We are going in spite of the facts. Look at John chapter 11 and beginning in verse 14. He says in John 11 and beginning in verse 13, I'm sorry. Verse 13 says, however, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Sometimes in life we need to go on in spite of the facts. Sometimes we hear the facts and it says, you know, well, it's going to cost a million dollars to do this. It's going to take a thousand people and take 20 years. And all of a sudden we say, well, I don't think we can do that. We don't have enough money or we don't have enough people or we don't have enough time. Or I'm not going to live long enough to see it happen. So we begin to faint and begin to get weary. But we don't need to get weary in Uh well-doing. Because the scripture says, well, we will reap if we faint not. So we need to go on in spite of the facts. So what did Jesus say to them? And said, he said, you know, Lazarus, he is not actually sleeping. He's actually dead. But yet I'm going on anyway. And I'm glad I wasn't there because I want you to believe in what I can do. All right. I want you to know that without a shadow of a doubt that I am the Christ, the son of God. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the facts might be, I'm still able to overcome the facts. We're talking about today, we're going all the way with Jesus. We're not going with just anybody, any old passerby, any old person with a name or a title. But we're walking with Jesus. And we're going on in spite of the facts. See, sometimes, you know, we hear a story and we think, you know, we can kind of assume how it's going to work. So the disciples said in verse 13, however, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Sometimes we think things are going to work a certain way. If it don't start working the way we see it in our head, then we start, you know, wondering. You know, what in the world is he talking about? How in the world is that going to happen? Now, that don't make any sense to me. Because we're looking at what we see with our natural eyes. But I want us to trust in God in spite of the facts. In spite of how it may seem or in spite of how it may look. Jesus said to them plainly in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And when, when Jesus said it in my, in my spiritual eye, in my mind's eye, I think that Jesus said it without batting an eye. He wasn't afraid or he wasn't scared or he wasn't trying to change the story to make us feel better. He said, Lazarus is dead. You know, sometimes you have to tell people things so that they can deal with it. You can beat around the bush for a while and come all the way around and then come back and then say, well, this is how it really is. But I believe Jesus just came out and just told him, look, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. And he goes on to say, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you might believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Sometimes we think because of the facts, it changes what we need to be doing. 
But Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Just because the facts are there doesn't mean I'm going to change my story. I'm not going to change my calling on your life. I'm not going to change what I told you to do just because you see these things. You know, sometimes we want to change the story. So well, the Lord didn't really mean that. He wanted us to do it this way or try another way. Or let's go back home. But I want us to know that in spite of the facts, we need to keep on following Jesus because we are going all the way with Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. 11 and 1. This is the, this is the definition of faith. Sometimes we need to go back to the foundation and understand why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do. We're going on in spite of the facts. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. See, that's faith, church. That's going on in spite of the facts. See, we live here in this world and we don't, we don't even see air, but we believe that, you know, it's, 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 it's oxygen. It's what we need to breathe every day. But if you say, well, if I got I to gotta see air to believe, then you're going you're gonna to stop, stop believing the obvious. Because every time you breathe in, that's the grace of God. That's his air. Every time you take a step, you're walking because of gravity. My God, thank you. But you don't see gravity. That's right. But we're not floating around in, in, the, in the midair. Right. We got to have faith. And beyond that, see, God has given every man a measure of faith. Amen. The faith to breathe and the faith to walk around on this earth. Mm-hmm. And then he says, if you had a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the midst of the sea. Yes. So we need to believe God in spite of the facts and go all the way with him. He's trying to take us somewhere. He's trying to get us beyond what you and I can see with our natural eyes. Because there are great things that are going to happen before us. And look what this scripture says in verse 2. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. See all the old saints that we talk about around here at Shadydale. All the things they did, they did it by faith. They didn't do it because they had enough money in the pocket, uh, money in the bank. They didn't do it because they always knew what was going to happen tomorrow. They did it by faith. Believing that the God they serve was more than able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think. They did it by faith and they obtained what God said that he was promising them. We need to believe in God and go on in spite of the facts. He said, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So in spite of what you see and even what you don't see, you know, even what you don't know, we need to go all the way with Jesus. The third thing and the last thing today is we're going on without fear. We're going on without fear. Look at verse 16. John chapter 11 and verse 16 says, Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. 
So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. See, we had to go on without fear. And we know, we know the story of Thomas. Thomas was the one who didn't believe that Jesus had arose from the dead. Yeah, yeah. So that except I put my finger in his hand and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. But at this time, Thomas is the one who said to his fellow disciples, you know what? Let's go on with him and die with him. Whatever happens, I'm going all the way with Jesus. And if Thomas can have that much faith, what about you and I? Why was Thomas so bold to ever say, if he's going to go and die, then I'm going with him. And it was, I'm going all the way with Jesus. Wherever this man is going, I'm going with him. I'm not going to let him go all the way in Jerusalem and die by himself. That's a commitment to say we're going all the way with Jesus. And I believe he meant what he said that day. I believe he said, you know what? I have seen this man do so, so many different things. That no matter what it is, if my last story is going to be written, it's going to be written beside him. And that's how your journey and my journey should end. Beside Jesus Christ. Going wherever he tells us to go. Going wherever he wants us to go because he's going to be leading you. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us until the end of the age. We had to go on without fear. So when they got there, they found out that he had been in the tomb four days. He was already dead. Just like Jesus had said. They had already rolled the tomb, the, the, the stone in front of the tomb. And they had given up on him. But yet, they went all the way and they found out what was going on. And the old saints would always sing that song, I'm going all the way to see what the end will be. Standing here, I may not know. But I'm going to go all the way and see what the end will be. I'm not going to stop until we get there. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own and and hope that you all tell me when you all get back. But I'm going all the way to see what the end will be for myself. And that's the kind of faith we need to have and not be fearful and wavering and wondering, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm going to stay here and wait. But I want us to go on without fear. Thomas said, let us go that we may die with him. Whatever the end is, I want to be there with him and see what the end will be. I'm going to close with this familiar passage of scripture in Psalm 27. Many of us know it by heart, but it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army man camped against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I see, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in this tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises 
to the Lord. See, are you going to go all the way with Jesus? Are you going to let fear keep you from what God has promised you? Are you going to be able to say like the psalmist said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You will be able to say, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Not just a few days or just on Sunday, but all the days of my life. To behold the beauty, to see it for myself. The beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Because we know wherever he leads, we're going to follow. And everything will work out fine. I pray you understood the message today as we stand together, the Christian experience.